Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Alexander Amaya Odilon Ngu. I'm the founder of New Globe Utopia. I, I study systems. Um, I've been studying systems my whole life. And, um, and my goal is to try to find the most optimal system for, um, for humanity uh, as a whole and for individuals. Um, so today, this episode, I'm going to actually be exploring something that I've talked about in the past, but, uh, today, uh, I'm going to show you a perspective that we haven't really seen or heard in the past. So this is probably the first time where we, we're going to actually experience, um, an individual explain the economic and political structural systems that govern uh, the European empire or Europe. And when I talk about Europe, I'm talking about not just the European British empire, the Spanish, I'm talking about the European empire and <clears throat> its extensions like the United States, South America, Australia, etc., etc., And I'm going to let you guys first watch the video, and then I'm going to then proceed to sort of discuss, uh, more in depth, uh, my perspective and, and sort of how we already understood that this was the system that existed. And now that we're going to watch this video, we have to come to an understanding of what the reality of our world is today. And only till we come to that understanding together, can we proceed to create a new global utopia uh, that's fair for all humans all around the planet. Sub-Saharan Africa has been fundamental to the global prosperity of the advanced countries. Okay, and Africa had a role to play. It has a role as a raw material producer. We will not allow Sub-Saharan Africa to escape that. Okay, we do everything to keep Sub-Saharan Africa where it is, also impoverished. It's absolutely vital for the prosperity of everyone else. So let's get clear about that. Okay, and this means all the economic structures, all the global institutions and the economics we teach everyone is all designed to keep Africa exactly where it is. Wow. And whether it is Europe or US or now China, it's always the same. We need Africa to be impoverished because we need those raw materials and we need them dirt cheap. Say that there's nothing Africans can do. Of course there is. Okay, but this is the opposition that they're fighting. This is what it's about. Because if Africa does do something different, I assure you living standards of all those in Europe and North America and Asia is going to fall. Mm. 
Okay? And that's yeah, a right. big price to pay. I assure you that the West is not going to allow that without a big fight. Okay, so this is what it's fundamentally about. And what I want to show you is how these structures are operating. It's just 20 minutes, so we can't do very much, but just to give you a little bit of an idea. And why I keep the ideology part there is because we are part of the producers of ideology. At universities and academic institutions, we are complicit in this whole enterprise. Okay, so the job of many Western academics is to convince Africans they have to keep doing what they're doing. Wow. Okay? And to show them it's your fault that you're poor. It's not our fault. Um, to begin, I'm going to first introduce the idea of Newton's third law. So Newton's third law says that for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. And bear in mind that this is not me calling this Newton's law, because obviously this law existed before Isaac Newton, but I'm calling it that because that's what we've been sort of uh, programmed to call it, even though we are aware that that's existed before Isaac Newton came into existence. Um, so for every action is an opposite and equal reaction. What does this really mean fundamentally, right? So if we're talking about systems, what does this mean? This essentially means that there's a dualistic aspect to all systems at the fundamental level. So for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. When we study physics, we understand that energy cannot be created or destroyed. So for every output, there has to be an input. All right. Now hold that thought. Now think about, think about the idea of sacrifice. Think about the idea of work. You see, so in physics and chemistry, we talk about work. So when you put in work, you increase potential. When you put in work, you increase energy. And this potential and this energy is used to create things in a material realm, in our material universe. So now we understand how we go from action, reaction, Newton's third law. For every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. We know how we go from there to energy and value. For every output, there has to be an input, right? So now, what does this have to do with systems? What does this have to do with economic systems and political systems? Well, at the fundamental level, right? For every potential or energy build or energy in any system, there's another input or there's another location where work is being done, work is being inputted, right? So what does this have to do with um, um, the, video, the video we just watched? Well, at the fundamental level, 
uh, there's supply and demand. We have producers and consumers, right? So Africa essentially to the continent of Europe or to the continent of uh, Asia is essentially the place where work is done. It's the place where the potential is built. And this potential is then expressed in material form in these parts of the world. So essentially what I'm saying is that what we call in physics as work or reactions in chemistry or, um, or labor or capital in human interaction or sacrifice. That's what we call it in the ancient African uh, philosophy, sacrifice, that that is the fundamental engine. That is the fundamental engine that creates potential, that creates energy. So essentially what we're saying here is that for every output, for every material existence on this planet, there is an immaterial aspect of it. There is an immaterial aspect of it that puts in work. There's an immaterial sacrifice, essentially, that has to occur for this energy to manifest in the material realm. And this applies to all systems. Every system fundamentally has two variables, stability and growth. The stability function is governed by work. So essentially what I'm saying here is that if we look at economic systems, political systems, educational systems, governmental systems, there's, there are certain things that are very similar. All these systems are fundamentally governed by two things stability and growth. And the stability is created by work, by sacrifice, by energy being used to create this potential. So now we're going to focus on the economic and political systems of the European empire of Europe. Where does the stability and growth function come from for the European economic and political system? We're going to explore that in this episode. So to explore and sort of showcase and simplify our current predicament in the world with the relationship between Africa, Asia, and Europe, I'm going to use an image that is very familiar with all of you. It's the cross and the idea of Jesus being nailed on the cross. And fundamentally speaking, Jesus Christ, whose real name, if we go back in time, was Yeshua, was an African man. And it's beautiful because it simplifies the concept 
from a personal level to a global level of what's really going on in the world, right? So in the East, Africa is being attacked by the Arabs and the Asians. In the West, Africa is being attacked by the Europeans. In the North, Africa is getting attacked um, with the with the symbolism of the thorn. If you if you go back to the story of Jesus Christ, also known as Yeshua, there's a thorn in his head, and that thorn signifies a capture of his mind. In the south of Africa, we have a capture of his legs, his feet. South Africa. So so essentially in West Africa, it's the hand where where they're nailed on the cross. On the east, it's the it's the other hand of Yeshua nailed on the cross. In the north, it's the mind of Africa that has been sort of attacked and invaded um, by the ideologies. And in the south, it is the attack of South Africa, the conquering of uh, the Cape of Good Hope in South Africa. So 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 essentially, what's going on here is. The cross itself is a symbol of the current state of our reality, the current state of the world. It's the cross signifies a conquest, conquering of the African continent in the material aspect and the immaterial aspect, also known as the spiritual aspect of it. So, so the cross itself is a symbol of slavery, it's a symbol of 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 deceit, a symbol of hate, um, and 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 and, and this is actually uh, very interesting when you delve deep into the systems that we currently have in this world today, as explained by the gentleman that we just watched, is that Africa has been that engine, Africa has been that sacrifice, Africa has been that source point for all the immaterial energy on this planet and instead of creating a utopia an equal uh world where we can all benefit from the resources from africa given that africans are not historically greedy with their resources instead of creating that utopia um the invaders from europe decided to actually to actually just the resources for themselves and essentially what happened here was Africa was ganged up on essentially Africa has been ganged up on by the east the west and they've attacked us from both sides and this has been going on for thousands of years and this is the fundamental basis of the European economic political geopolitical system and this is something that we all have to become knowledgeable of so that we can know what to do to transition to the age of utopia. To get to the point where we can create a global utopia of universal fairness, universal equity, where we share the resources on this planet with each other, we have to first get to the point where we acknowledge what has happened in the past. And then we can proceed to the future where we can now proceed to create a fair, equal world.
Thank you guys very much. My name is Alexander Amaya Ozilongu. I'm the founder of New Globetopia. I'm the author of the NGU Theory and New Globetopia, the book. Thanks for this watching this episode today.